You know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bourbon Gents podcast, a podcast about bourbon and whatever else we decide to talk about. I'm your host, Mr. Pie, and with me, as always, is Mav. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Bourbon Gents podcast, a podcast about bourbon and more bourbon and even more bourbon, Mr. Pie. This is just packed full of bourbon. Are you okay, Mav? I'm excited. Are you? Why? Because it's World Cup fever. It's grabbed oh, me. Yeah, sorry. Have you forgotten already? <laughs> It's that time. Well, it's getting it's getting close. Yes, we're in the preliminary stages of it. We're we're so close that in front of us is a bowl full of names of bourbon folded up in a kind of um, FA Cup draw style. I'm quite I'm excited about this. <laughs> it's not quite like that, is it? It's not the uh, balls in a bag, is it? No, it's not. It's folded up bits of paper. <laughs> Me, <laughs> my daughter, and Ms. Mav cut up. Last night, ready for this. You've put in a lot of effort into this. There are over 100 names of bourbon in that in that bowl. Wow, okay. And we can only pull out 64, but that's all to come. Oh, yeah, that's all, all to come, come. all to come. come. So until we get on to that, Mr. Pye, what's been happening in the world of the bourbon gents? Well, I have a, I have a little bit of a confession to, to tell you. Um, Is this something you want to do live and recorded on a podcast, or shall I, shall I stop the recording while you tell me? Well, maybe. Uh, I've been drinking some whiskey and coke. You what? <laughs> this is. I'm pretty sure that's a firing offence from the bourbon gents. Now we 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 accept the bourbon anywhere you want to drink it. So which one did you mix? Um, <clears throat> I had some Hague Hague Club. Oh, not even bourbon then. So it's fine. Yes, it was, yeah. it was just whiskey. Yeah. So I just got a bit bored at home one night and. and I thought I'd. We had some coke in the fridge, and I thought I'd try try it with Hague, and it's not too bad actually. But it's just like whiskey and coke, which yeah. is. It probably made the Hague taste a little better, maybe than than mm. it normally does. Uh, yes, I would say a lot better. Yes, but uh, it's not something I've done for a long, long time, and uh, I quite like the taste. Very, well, very sweet. Does this mean you'll be mixing some bourbons with some coke? I don't think I'd go that far. No, I no. used to enjoy a good bullet in coke back when I was at university. Right. Before I realised really what bullet was, and uh, a friend of mine, if you remember, I think I mentioned it on the podcast a few months ago, he was mixing uh, Maker's Mark and Elijah Craig with. <laughs> is this is this your friend whose wife said, "Oh, he really likes bourbon"? Yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> don't think he does. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I had a bit of a confession there. Um, that's okay. I think I think we let you off. I think the Church of the Bourbon Gents and all of our um, subjects. Let you off. Okay. Are they subjects? I don't think they're subjects, are they? They're BGs. Yeah, but if their BGs were part of a church of bourbon, right. they wouldn't be our subjects, were they? Parishioners? Uh, or congregation? Congregation. Yeah. Okay. That's the word. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, t- uh, talking of uh, whiskey and talking of my favourite uh, actual whiskey is free whiskey. Well, yeah. We've had course. we've had a few sample centres. We have. We've been quite lucky this month, haven't we? Yes. So we've had uh, a sample sent to us of TX Straight Bourbon. Does the TX stand for Texas? I think so. That's where yes. it comes from. Yes. Right. Well, I actually won it in a competition. So oh. it was um, it was run by um, No Nonsense Whiskey on 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 Facebook. I think it was the YouTube dude. 
the YouTube dude, yes. And um, and I never win anything. What was the question? Would I have got it? It was, there wasn't a question. I think it was just put your name in the comments and it was going to pick it using a, a, a random generator. Okay, yeah, I think I could have done that. <laughs> Fair enough, so you got lucky. Yes, Good. I know, I can't believe it. Did he send enough for both of us? Yes, there's plenty. Ah, yes. Good man. Yes. So um, I've not even looked at um, TX Straight Bourbon at all. I don't know anything about it. I know he's done a review of it himself on his YouTube channel. Uh, but it was it's something that we should have a look at. Yes, we should. And also, we didn't we didn't stop there, did it? No, we also we got another sample. Yep, yeah, we um, received a couple of samples of the few rye cask strength whiskey which was sent to us by our good friend Aidan, who um, was our first guest reviewer. So he's writing reviews for yes. us. He's sending us bourbon. Yes. It's brilliant. Soon we won't have to do anything. <laughs> Put our feet up, drink Aidan's bourbon while he runs the site. Yes, that's true. Maybe you could do the editing as well. Yeah. Let us know, Aidan, if you're any good at editing. And also, how, how, how do you think his voice sounds on a podcast? I don't know. I've never heard him. Probably better than our voices. Probably. Or at least mine. Your, is... your, your voice suits a podcast. Really? Yeah, I don't think mine does. Somebody said that we do sound like podcasters. Well, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we definitely have the faces for it, don't we? Yeah, we do. That's why we don't show our faces <laughs> anywhere on social media. Yeah, so thanks to Aidan. And if you want to follow either of those guys um, on Twitter, then you can find them. Aidan's at, at BobaFett2K6. I don't know where he gets that from. Are you kidding? No, that's his. That's his Twitter. No, no. Are you genuinely kidding? You don't get the reference. No, I don't. No, no idea. Boba Fett, Star Wars. Oh, no idea. I don't do Star Wars. He's do a ba- I? bounty hunter, one of the most famous Star Wars <laughs> no, characters. No, I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Two K six. What's that then? I guess two thousand and six. Oh, I see. Probably started Twitter in two thousand and six. Oh, I would say I'm showing myself up there, but I'm not really interested in Star Wars. Ooh. Go on then. Okay. I never, I never knew that. No, Boba Fett. Well, now mm. you do. And no nonsense whiskey is at NNW whiskey. Do you get that reference? So that's uh, from Star Trek. <laughs> NNW whiskey is one of the key characters in the Star Trek universe. I never knew that. Yeah. I thought uh, it was cap- for no nonsense whiskey. No, that's a coincidence. He oh. was captain of the Enterprise from uh, 1976 to 1982. Okay. I did used to watch Star Trek a little bit. Really? Yes. Oh, I can imagine you would hate that more than Star Wars. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, and you've, you've also been doing some reading. You say you say that in a surprised way, as if you're shocked I've read a book. Uh, yes, I've read a book, and it was also related to bourbon, which Ooh. is good. And I find um, that whenever I read a book about bourbon, it makes me want to drink along with the book. So even if I wasn't in the mood for drinking bourbon before I started the book, as soon as they start mentioning it, I have to go and pour one. You've had this book for a, for a long time, haven't you? Oh, I've had this since Christmas. Okay. At least. All oh, right, I thought you had it. I thought you had it before then. No, I think this was a Christmas one. Or it could have been a, a birthday one. I'm not sure, but it was a present, and I've only just got round to reading it. So it's Bourbon: The Rise, Fall, and Rebirth of an American Whiskey um, by Fred Minnick. And I'm sure everybody's read this yes, already because it's quite popular. It's very uh, popular, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and he's uh, he's quite a presence on social media as well, isn't he? Yes, and he's quite interactive, actually, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he actually liked the fact that I tweeted yeah. about the book as well. Um, 
I don't need to tell anyone this, but it's a great book. If you want to know the history, basically, of bourbon without any... What's the word? What The people normally wrap around bourbon, the stories and the um, the myths. If you want that... No bit, bullshit, though. Okay, that I was trying to, I was trying to say in a nicer way. But yeah, basically, no bullshit. He just tells it how it is. And where he doesn't know, he tells you, I don't know. Okay. This could be true. Might not be. Probably isn't. So it's very, very factual... Oh, yeah, yeah, very factual, but fun. Not yeah. just factual and, you know, dull. Factual and fun. And the best fact that I got out of this, that I didn't know about, but you've read this, so you probably do, is when, um, in the 70s, when basically vodka came on the scene and exploded, mm. everybody in the bourbon industry panicked. Um, and I'd heard a lot of rumours about this before, but I never knew that Brown Foreman tried to compete with vodka by making a clear bourbon. Oh, I, I don't... I don't remember reading that part, but yes. So they called it Frost. Oh, right. And it was an eight-year-old bourbon or an eight-year-old whiskey. Yeah. No, no one's quite sure where it was sourced from. Okay. But it was a decent age, and they just filtered it through levels and levels and levels of wood and charcoal right. until it came out clear. Wow. Called it Frost 880, I guess eight years old and 80 proof. Yeah. And then put it on the market, and it bombed. <laughs> <laughs> but the instead of... I mean, hindsight's brilliant. Mm. But instead of doubling down on bourbon being american and the history and um the legacy of it and the fact that it was tied into american culture yeah and basically maybe facing it off against vodka which is russian uh, so i'm sure they could have done some easy marketing america versus russia there they just all decided to panic and compete with it so they're just following the fashion now yeah they yeah. tried to release a, a clear a clear spirit that was bourbon in nature yeah and then they also pretty much all of the companies bar, I think Jim Beam and Makers or somebody else decided that they would introduce something called light whiskey. Right. Uh, and try to take the, not the flavour away, but at least reduce everything down so it wasn't, you could yes. mix it. Yes, I recall reading that part about the light whiskey. Yeah. yeah, and then you could mix it more and it wouldn't overwhelm the flavours. Mm. Uh, it's such a strange thing in hindsight to think that that was ever a thing that they all panicked on. I wonder did. if there's anything, any of it still around. I think there is, actually. Yeah. You can find bottles of it knocking around um, for sale, but it was recalled by Frost. By Frost. It was recalled by um, Brown Ford. Really? Yep. Wow. And they poured all the stuff back into stills and distilled other stuff from it. But yeah, I think it was a uh, a thing you didn't talk about for a while. I wonder if that person in that marketing department still kept their job or not. I can imagine they did not. <laughs> I, do you know, they also... Uh, when they recalled the spirits, they um, poured the spirits into whatever stills and whatever barrels to try and get yeah. something out of it. And then they smashed all of the bottles and, and buried them in, oh. a, in a landfill, which is where I imagine the last resting place of that marketing guy <laughs> probably was as well. <laughs> but yeah, imagine you put that forwards and you um, get everyone to buy into it and yeah. it costs millions and then it just bombs. Oh dear. Yeah. But anyway, it's a great book. Uh, I suggest everybody goes out. Um, and reads this one if you've got any love of bourbon at all, which presumably, if you're listening to this, you have. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we had a, another couple of Twitter votes. We wanted to review a bourbon on this podcast, as we do, and we asked you guys to vote for it. So we put out there uh, Jim Beam Rye, which is obviously not bourbon, but there you go, um, Old Forester, Evan Williams 1783, and Maker's Mark. And what one? What one? I'm eager to know. Uh, Maker's Mark one. Yay! Yay! So we'll be reviewing Maker's Mark on this podcast then? 
Yes, and that um, completes the Maker's Mark trilogy. Ah, yes. cool. Uh, and what percentage did Maker's Mark get? It, it got 33% of the votes. And the next closest was? Was Evan Williams, 1783. And that didn't, that, that, how much did it miss by? Uh, only 2%, which 31%. Is lo- which is lucky for us, right? Because we don't, we, we don't have, have a bottle yet. of that. <laughs> So you put up a Twitter vote for something we should review and forgot that we don't have a bottle. Yeah, I of thought that. you had it. We ha- we gave it away um, as part of a competition okay. in the early days. Right. So we did own a bottle, but we gave it away. And I think the only Evan Williams we've got in our collection now is the single barrel from 2003 or 2004. 2004, don't we? Yeah, uh, which is bloody good. We should review that soon. Okay. All right. Nobody wants us to do the uh, Jim Beam Rye. It was only 15% of the votes. Good. I'm glad that didn't win. Okay. What else did we do a Twitter vote on? Um, I said Twitter. Very common there. Twitter? Twitter. What else did you do a Twitter vote on, Mr. Pie? Well, those of you who listened to the last podcast will remember that we reviewed Blade and Bow, and it, it got a joint... Sorry, it got a score of 13 points, which tied it on the Bourbon Gents Top 20 with two other bourbons. Uh, Four Roses Small Batch and Elijah Craig 12. And the important thing here is that it tied... They're, they're at the bottom of our league table. They are at the bottom. And the Bourbon Gents rule was we went off vertical order. And we, we we had a bit of a panic attack there. Because that one, we put Blade and Bow on, but we lose we, Four Roses four Small roses, Batch. yes. You can't lose Four Roses Small Batch. You can't. So we broke, <laughs> broke our own rules and we put a Twitter vote out to see which which one you didn't want to be on the league table. And what happened? And that was a resounding uh, no to Blade and Bow. Which is poor because Blade and Bow is brilliant, but good because two things. One, Four Roses Small Batch stays on our league table, which I think it deserves to do. Yeah. And two, it meant I didn't have to update the league table and put Blade and Bow on it. Because <laughs> okay. that table is a nightmare to update. So well done, Twitter. Well done, Twitter. And that was a resounding... I don't have the figures to hand, but... It was 60-odd percent. 50-odd or 60%, yeah. Yeah, to get rid of Blade and Bow. Blade and Bow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is what it is. It made life easier for me, but I still think Blade and Bow is a great bourbon. Okay. And um, I guess we should talk a little bit about the World Cup. Yeah, so we we teased it earlier. Well, I say teased it. I got overexcited about it. We did this... Last year, it was the inaugural one last year. It, we'd only just started the Bourbon Gents and we thought it'd be a good idea. And it went much better than we expected. Yeah, it did. And the winner, as you all know, as you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, was Four Roses Single Barrel. And they actually, they stormed it from the first round to the final. It was never, they never had a close matchup. I think it was Blanton's Gold in the final. I think it was, yeah. So do you want to explain, Mr. Pye, how this World Cup actually works and the big difference between the last one and this one? Well, the big difference uh, for us is we've expanded it. So um, it's the last year's was just 32 bourbons. This year, we've, have a guess, we've gone for double. 64. 64, that's right. Yeah, good math. <laughs> they don't call me math math for no reason, Mr. Pine. <laughs> and also what's slightly different about this is um, the first round uh, results won't be visible on the website because Mav doesn't want to make another chart. So we, I, mean, I spent ages making a chart for this <laughs> a last beautiful time. Beautiful chart. Yes. And I remember um, doing it. I was in Sweden All right. when I did it because I, I was out there working and I was at the hotel and they served Noah's Mill behind the bar. So I ordered a very, very large Noah's Mill and sat at the bar working on this nice chart for the World Cup. 
but it only holds 32 teams. <laughs> I bet people at the bar thinking he's, he's working hard. <laughs> he's a slave driver where, where he works. It's the slave driver was you. <laughs> so we've got that nice chart. Yes. I can't be bothered to make one that has holds 64 teams. No. So we'll do the first round. It'll be still publicised. We'll put it on the website. We'll make sure everybody knows who's who faced off against who. But yeah. we'll put the winners into the round of 32. Yeah. And yeah. There's, for those of you who have not um, heard of this before, um, I guess there's a few things we need to say about it. It is stri- strictly only bourbons. Strictly bourbons. No rye, no Canadian uh, whiskies at all. No American whiskies, as it, you know, on the... Who are not called bourbon. Good point. Yes. Yep. You have to be a bourbon. You have to be classified as a bourbon. Yes, it's very strict. So um, we've, like Mav said earlier, we've got a a, a very fancy bowl in front of us with um, over 100 different bourbons. So we're going to do the uh, draw live on the podcast. Yeah, so we couldn't basically think of which 64 bourbons should be in the World Cup. No. I think it'd be unfair if we chose bourbons over other bourbons to go in. Yeah. So we basically just wrote down as many bourbons as we could think of, um, scoured the internet, scoured our brains, scoured our collection, and came with over 100 names of bourbons that would qualify. And we'll pick out 64. That's the only fair way to do it. Yeah. So it could be that we don't pull out your favourite, or it could be we don't pull out, say, a pappy. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're not good enough to get into the World Cup. It just means they were unlucky in the draw. Yeah, so we apologise if your favourite didn't even make it into the uh, final sixty-four, but tough. That's that's the way of the world. Yeah, we can't. Maybe next time we'll have one hundred and twenty-eight teams in it. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, only sixty-four can enter, and that's uh, that's how you get in. It's look at the draw of how you get in. Okay, and is there any seeding, Mav? There is zero seeding, so any bourbon could be paired against any other bourbon. And I think we found that in the first round last time. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but it might have been Jim Beam White Label went up against Four Rows of Single Barrel or yeah. something. It got absolutely slaughtered in the first round. Okay. And um, who decides which bourbons get through each round, then, Mav? You. <laughs> and that's not you, Mr. Fye. That is the Twitter voting public. This is only on Twitter. Yeah. So we will push it on the other social media forums, but you can only vote uh, for the Bourbon Gents World Cup on Twitter. Correct. So last time we had a lot of people on Instagram saying, I want so-and-so to win. That's great, but you need to get onto Twitter and vote there. Yes, I think I think we um, helped a few people out who didn't have Twitter accounts before, but we're not doing that this time, I'm afraid. Get yourself a Twitter account. It's very easy to set up. Yeah. And, and follow us. What if, though, Mr. Pye, yes. what if, say... Um, Maker's Mark, which we we're going to review, yeah. was up against Blade and Bow, and Blade and Bow gets fifty percent, and obviously Maker's Mark gets fifty percent. What happens in the event of a tie? We have the casting vote. And do you think our casting vote should just be us deciding, or first we should go on to what score we gave it in a review? Oh yeah, good one. Yeah? If we've reviewed it, yeah. if we've reviewed it, yeah. it goes on score first. If the score's tied or we haven't reviewed, okay. then we just basically pick one. Okay. Yeah. We're making the rules of that. we go along. We are. This is Bourbon Gent style. <laughs> <laughs> Any other rules? I feel like I've got a lot of rules for, for such a fun competition. Um, we have a starting date. We do. Yeah. What's the starting date for this? Uh, the 9th of March. 9th of March. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. 6 p.m. UK time. 6 p.m. UK time. That's like either 12 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 in the morning or something crazy in America. Yeah. Okay. One of those. We're going to have quite busy that. 
that evening, aren't we? It's going to be very busy. <laughs> very busy. But we'll do it. And it will run from the 9th of March for two weeks. Yes. And um, the, let's just remember our rules. Um, each of the votes are going to be for 24 hours. Apart from the final, Apart from the final which is 48 hours. 48 hours. Good. I think we've bored people enough okay, now with these yes, rules. But basically, it's going to be fun. We haven't made it sound fun, but it will be fun. <laughs> and um, the only um, person... Person? Doesn't make sense because it's not a person. It's a bottle. <laughs> the only bottle that we know is going to be picked out is four roses single oh, barrel yes, right yeah the way that is going to work because you can pick out any from this uh, pile we have to hope four roses comes out if it doesn't when we get to the last per, the last one to be drawn out if that, we haven't that's dr- the default yeah, yeah if we haven't okay. drawn out yeah. four roses at that point the 64th uh, bourbon will be by default four roses single barrel yeah makes sense it does good all Perfect. right so we're going to do the draw live yeah it will make this podcast way too long. I've already made it too long by talking about this for about an hour. It'll make it too long if we do it in this podcast. So when we get to the point that we drew, do the draw, we will stop. We'll do the draw. I'll upload it as a separate podcast. Yeah. So people can listen to it if they want to. And if not, you can just uh, you know listen to us talk about what happened after the draw. Okay. All right? Yes. Good. Anything else on that? Have we said too much? I think I might need to take that Friday the 9th of March off work to prepare for this. <laughs> your, your thumbs are going to be very sore from entering all these things onto Twitter. Don't spell anything wrong. Oh, I know. Because you can't edit on Twitter, can you? Do you have to start the vote again if you spell it wrong? No. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> all right. Do you want to quickly go through what we've updated on the website and then we'll get into the actual uh, meat of the podcast? Yeah, just a couple of quick website updates. We've uh, uploaded the Knob Creek review, which... Well, surprising for me, you've seen quite popular actually on the website. Quite a few, well, quite a, a number of hits. Most popular article on the website it was in the first week of release. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Is it still the most popular article on the website, Mr. Pye? Uh, what? This week? No, not this week. No, oh, what happened this week? <laughs> uh, what happened this week? It's it's always Rowan's Creek. Oh, yeah. Actually, most popular. it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Our stats, we look at them quite a lot. The Rowan's Creek review is our most popular review ever. I think I think I know why. As in, if you Google Rowan's Creek review, yeah, we're at the top. We're above the paid. But that's a lot of people googling Rowan's Creek. I know, I know. That's, I don't know why. That is an odd one. But okay, um, fair enough. But yeah, your review is up and was very good because I read it. Yeah, yeah, oh, I liked it. Thanks. It's all right. And. Uh, I think what Mav was alluding to was uh, a review that he's done. I, I wrote a review. <laughs> For the aforementioned, a few times in this podcast, The Blade and Bow. What did you think? Well, what I thought was when you sent me a message to say, before the review goes up, you're going to hate this. <laughs> I, I did worry a little bit. Um, and then you read it. And I read it. Uh, and then... I think you thought we were going to get sued. <laughs> Can we say it's a cheeky little review, isn't it? It's tongue-in-cheek. Yes, okay, fair so enough. So no, there's no offence meant in the review. It's just very tongue-in-cheek. Okay. Because every Blade and Bow review on the entire internet follows this same formula. Blade and Bow. Blade is this. The bow is this. Yeah. It's all part of a key thing. From the Stitzel Weller, they use the Solera system. This is how the Solera system works. So... I figured 
we'd have a bit of fun with it rather than just replicating every other Blade and Bow review on the internet. Now, do you know how large the company is that make the Blade and Bow? Do you know how much money they have? 25 pence. <laughs> they, they spend all their money making those keys that go around the Blade, the blade and Bow bottle. They must be bankrupt by now. Well, we might be if they find out about their review. <laughs> so do you mean the parent company? Yes. Yeah, they're quite powerful, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Um, but... I guess the bourbon itself, we did we did give a thumbs up for. Didn't exactly, we? it was yes. a very cheeky yes. review, but essentially we loved the bourbon, um, and it got a, got a great score from me and uh, an above average score from you. Yeah. So I think it's fine. <laughs> their lawyers, their lawyers have not been in touch so far. No, okay. So the website's still up, and the review is still there. For now. For now. For now, yes. So um, please read it. Yep. And one more thing went on the website, which was the mailbag podcast. So our first ever. Um, mailbag podcast so we cut out the um, the feedback from the existing podcast this yep. one just to make it a bit quicker it hasn't really worked I don't think then that left us with the, the issue of what to do with all the mail that's been piling up so in the end we decided we would just have a standalone mailbag podcast it went quite well it did go very well yeah it was um, our, our top iTunes uh, download really of all time of all time. It seems, seems to be that way, yes. It even beat the Alexa podcast. <laughs> even beat the Alexa podcast, yeah. Wow. Wow. I wonder if we'll ever ever have Alexa back on the on the show. So we're definitely going to do the Mailbag podcast again. We will. There'll yeah. be a number two of it um, yeah. again in a couple of months' time. Even my, uh, even my daughter pinched the idea for her YouTube channel as a question and answer thing. Really? Wow. I yeah. think I think we've also pinched it from every other podcast. <laughs> yeah, everybody does, does it, yeah. They do. All right. So I think with that long-winded opening out the way. <laughs> right. That's the opening done. It's time <laughs> for the bourbon battle. I'm going to spin the wheel. Sometimes this doesn't work, so fingers crossed. Yeah, it's working. So this is yours. Oh, my my favourite. Yeah, I'm surprised. So you've drawn Noah's Mill. Noah's Mill. Oh, I was hoping that one day I would get that one. So mine is... E.H. Taylor, single barrel. Ooh. Ooh, that's a pretty good one. Right, again, the weird thing happens now where I disappear to get the bourbons. You're left on your own. The podcast listeners have no idea that there's been a gap. So I'm going to get the bourbons. And I'm back. And you're back. And I'm back. <laughs> what did you do this time while I was away? Um, I doctored the draw. Oh, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it looked a little bit messed with. There's lots of like mucky fingerprints all over the, uh, all over the bits of paper. Have you got your um, Top Trumps card with you? I have, yes. I've got Noah's Mill Top Trumps. Good. I have mine. What's the score? Is it four, three? Oh, we should know this, shouldn't we? Oh, no. I think it's. I think you won the last one. I definitely won the last one, so you get to go on this one. Okay. I think it's four, three. Four, three, two. To you. To me. Okay. Yes. How have we forgotten? <laughs> we are rubbish. We are the because worst we... podcasters of all time. We've forgotten our own score. Because it's, it's, we don't take notes, that's why. We don't take any notes at all. Right, I'm going to say it's 4-3 to you. If it's any different, you'll hear a Mav overdub right now telling you what the actual score is. If you don't hear anything, it is 4-3. Right. Okay. 
Go on then. So you get to go first. Um, okay. Now, what's hard to know is the cork. I think whether it's going to be any good or not. Well, that is a relatively new bottle of Noah's Mill. So is that Colonel E.H. Taylor single barrel? Though, it is, it? yes. Okay. Um, I don't think I'm going to do very well with the uh, distiller scores. Um, I don't think I, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to struggle to win on this one because of the power of the BT. <laughs> the power <laughs> of the BT. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's the uh, that's the podcast title, isn't it? <laughs> the power of the BT. Okay. Go on then. But you've got to you've got to go for something. Um, can I go for the subjective cork off? Of course. Yes. It doesn't happen very often, but it's yes. always always exciting. An exciting day when this happens. I think it's because of who I've been drawn against. Okay, but do you know what we've stopped doing now? You know, because we have the bourbon battle and we have the cork off included. Yeah. We don't savour the cork pop on a review anymore. Did we used to do that? That was where this started. We always used to pop the cork on a review and say, ooh, but now we can't do that today because Maker's Mark is a screw top anyway. But yeah, we always used to do that. Oh, Do okay. you not remember? Not really. It used to be no. our thing. I'm quite, <laughs> quite disappointed. Okay, all right. So it's you to go first. You're going to go with the, the cork pop on this one. So go for it. This is Noah's Mill Cork Pop. It's okay. That's not bad. This is the E.H. Taylor Cork Pop. That's oh, a bit weak, isn't considering it? Considering how tight that was to yeah, pull out, yeah. that was a bit weak. All right. I think It looks a bit beefy, doesn't it? Do you want another... Do you want to... Confirmation. Yeah, I think Noah's Mill wins that one, but let's let's do it one more time. Yeah, pretty solid. Steady, isn't it? It's Taylor. No, it's a bit of a damp squib, isn't it? It doesn't quite have it, does it? No. Damn it. That would be five three then. Five three. Five three to you. I would have trounced you on everything else. (laughs) One hundred nine thousand Instagram followers. Yes, just just beat me, yeah. How many did yours have? A thirty-seven. Right. Point seven, yeah. Thirty-seven in general, or thirty-seven thousand. Thirty-seven thousand. Twenty. Uh, sixty-one thousand Twitter followers. Twenty-seven thousand. Four point one on the user rating. Four. That's not bad. No. And weirdly, no review for the expert review on Distiller. Really? Really. Bizarre, isn't it? What did Noah's Mill have? Ninety-three. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. And I couldn't find a release date either. Uh, good, because I couldn't find a release date for Noah's Mill. So, the, you didn't know that. the earliest, what's on the top trumps card for this is 2012, because it won an award in 2012. So that's the... That's interesting, because the, they always talk about 2012 for Noah's Mill as well. Ooh. Because when they changed, um, they changed the age statement, I think it was 2012. Was oh, from 15-year-old yeah. down to I non. I so, yes. Uh, okay. Well, that ends the bourbon battle. The trend continues that you have this two-point gap that I can't seem to close. So, right. Damn it. (laughs) So I get to go first next time. I've got to do a a cork-off, though. Oh, yes. I do do like a good (laughs) cork-off. Is that a euphemism? Um, No, it does sound like one, doesn't it? (laughs) What what would cork-off be a euphemism for, Mr. Pye? I don't know. Were you talking about pulling out and all that sort of stuff? (laughs) All right, we'll stop there. So it's time for the review. 
And as we always say, we don't have a bumper for this, do we? There's no there's no review jingle. No, nobody sent us one either. Yeah, we've requested this multiple times, PGs. <laughs> Why have you not yet sent us a review jingle? It doesn't sound too difficult, does it? I think well, the the um, the other guys came up with a jingle in like a day, and how, it's the best thing about our podcast. How about a something around uh, the Bee Gees, one of the Bee Gees songs? Oh, eh? oh, that's a good shout. Yeah. Is there a is there a review or bourbon related Bee Gees song? <laughs> is there a lyric that we can pull from a Bee Gees song? Okay. That's your homework. That's, that's okay. Right, that's your homework. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're reviewing Maker's Mark. Do we need to say anything about Maker's Mark? Doesn't everybody know already everything about Maker's Mark? Um, I, I guess so. Um, it's, it's one of the few like bottles out there that doesn't bear any any resemblance to the the maker's name. So there's no there's no history behind the name. No, there's no um, like family. Um, thing behind the name there's no reference to an american president and the name no but i mean there is an awful lot of history about oh about the, samuels yeah yes and about the actual bottle of course with the dipping of the wax and about it's spelt with uh no e in whiskey yeah the, which is unusual to honor their scottish heritage so yeah the, the red wax every that's pretty famous everyone knows that hand dipped Hand it, and um, apparently the master distiller today says sometimes. Well, you can tell Who often dipped it? who's dipped it. Yeah, how, how it's dipped. Sometimes they're kind of double dipped, and they're the, they're the ones. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's, it's not a joke. Sometimes they over dip, and they uh, those bottles sell for a little bit more on the. All uh, right, okay. Uh, on the old eBay and things, if you get a double dipped one, and they do blue blue wax as well. And they what do was, commemorative what, ones. What was the blue for? I'm not sure. Some baseball one, is it? Don't just throw a stats at me and don't know why, Mr. Pie. <laughs> I was intrigued then. You drew me in. I don't think we've spoken about the uh, blue wax on the previous um, no, we review. Haven't. So make sure when you write this one up. Whose turn is this it? This one's yours. Is it? Okay. Yeah, this one's yours. So also there's the, um, obviously the controversy that surrounded the percentage, which I think we've brought up before. On I the think podcast. we have, yeah. So they, they wanted to lower it down to 40% to basically make more of it available. Or was it down to 43 it was 40 or 43 yeah, wasn't it they were yeah, going to reduce the yeah. percentage down and in the end there was such a backlash that they didn't nobody knows if it was a marketing gimmick or whether they actually listened to the public yeah but either way Maker's Mark started as that handcrafted more expensive bourbon than anything else that was out there mm. it's strange now when you think about it it's available in Tesco and Asda and everywhere and you walk into a bar it's this Jim Beam White Label or Woodford yeah that you see everywhere but this started as a very, very exclusive, expensive bourbon. Mm. Uh, I think their advertising even preyed on that. And I think um, we could, we can be guilty of taking bourbons like this for granted, can't we? A hundred percent. A hundred percent that you, you see it everywhere. Yeah. It's common and it's not that expensive now compared to some of the bourbons that we buy. And because your collection grows and you have a perception of... Uh, the bourbons that you have a better quality, then this gets left behind a little bit. Of course, if you've yeah. got if you've got stag sitting on the shelf or four rows a single barrel yeah. or something like that, and next to a maker's mark, maker's mark's always going to come third in that yeah. battle, isn't it? Yeah. So I think we are guilty of maybe ignoring it. Okay, but you you haven't ignored this uh, liter bottle, have you? No, this has <laughs> taken quite a chunk out of that liter bottle. So 
I think the other thing to mention is that Makers um, is pretty much tied with uh, Wild Turkey for our most consistently reviewed um, family of bourbons. Yeah. So I think we've always given um, Makers a seven or an eight. Okay. And the same with um, Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey, it's always been a seven or an eight on all of their range. So we'll have to see if that carries through on this one. Yes. Okay. Anything else you want to mention about it? What about the... uh, Obviously, this one, we haven't mentioned it because, again, we presume everyone knows, but this is a Wheater. It is a Wheater. And interesting in, interesting enough, it's the same mash bill as the Pappies. Which is interesting. Yes. Yeah, because I think originally, um, when Pappy started to get quite exclusive and famous, a lot of um, kind of bourbons that were on the market either said, you know, this is basically the same stuff as Pappy, but mm-hmm. just a different bit cheaper, or this is the same mash bill as Pappy doesn't necessarily mean anything but no. this is the same makeup as Ma- as Pappy. Well it's very very similar to Pappy. I mean um I say that because I don't think they officially released the mash bill but um the majority of people have said it's 70% corn, 16% wheat and 14% um malted barley. Which is good for me. Any any bourbon that has low to no rye content works for me. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this one works for you. Yes. With your love of spice. Yes. Okay. Right. Let's um let's take the nose. <laughs> let's take the nose. That's new. <laughs> you waited twenty five podcasts to pull that one out of the bag. Okay. Take it with. Okay, Mr. Pilots. Let's take the nose. <laughs> right, okay. Very very creamy on the nose. That's probably the wheat coming through, isn't it? Creamy and heavily vanilla-ish. Yeah, even though we can't keep getting told off saying sweet on the nose, it is sweet. It is sweet. Yeah, um, sweet, sweet caramel maybe. And I get a lot of fruit as well, apples, and yes, very, we- very fruity. Weirdly, some strawberries. Okay, not sure if that's a. I'm just making that up. There, that's a. Yeah, I think apples is a common one, isn't it, on the nose? Yeah, and pear. But um, I think you are making the strawberries up. <laughs> genuinely get some strawberry from this maybe jam maybe that's what I'm thinking it's a, there's a there's a jam smell to this really? hmm and what do you think about I mean this is 45% what do you think about that on the nose? I think this is one of those where you can put your nose right in there mm. it doesn't overwhelm but of the bourbon smells yeah this is very bourbony okay this smells like bourbon I don't think you'd mistake this for anything else no you wouldn't would you? no, no. Would we be able to do it in a blind taste, though? Yes. Yeah? I think we could pull a maker's product out. Maybe not this one. Maybe we might think it's the cast strength or the 46, even though it's got a different twang to it. Okay. I think you could pull a maker's... All right, no. You could pull a wheated bourbon out, I think. Okay. Okay, anything else? And Basically, it smells like ice cream. Ice cream. Yes, that's the vanilla and the creaminess all coming through, and the jam as well. So, you know, you get a, mm. a 99... Yes. Yeah, and so you've got the big flake in there, yeah. and you've got the they squirt a load of strawberry syrup over it. Yeah. That's what it smells like to me. Bourbon ice cream. Yes, which should be a thing if it isn't. It must be a thing, surely. It's got to be a thing. Surely. We should Google that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some research. <laughs> Anything else for you? No, I think that's, that's, that's enough on the nose. Now, let's take the palate. <laughs> Okay, let's take it. Again, I'm now doing my 
my recommendation from Mr. Murray. Discarding that first taste. I'm ignoring the first taste, yes. And letting it sit for a little bit on the tongue. And then I'll take my second taste. How long was this poured out for? Oh, a good hour. A good hour, yeah. Well, surprising for me, considering it's... It's no rise. There is a bit of spice there immediately on the palate. There is, yes. Yeah. It, is, it is a bit spicy. Quite sweet still on the palate, so a lot of honey coming through. And it's still vanilla, fruity. yeah. Yeah, it's still fruity for me. On, even on the palate, it's still fruity. Yeah, you mentioned uh, cream. Well, basically cream all over, isn't it? Cream on the neck, cream, vanilla cream on the nose, bourbon ice cream. But it, it's once that spice has gone away, it's very, it's very creamy overall palate as well. Mm-hmm. Lot, there's, there is oak there as well, I think. Yeah, for me it's oak, nuts, that vanilla comes through when the spice is gone, and maybe a hint of cherry. Oh, yeah. cherry. Yes. Are you um, able to define the nuts? Because I can't really capture that. I know it's difficult. If I had to pull a nut out of my ass, <laughs> okay. it'd, probably be a hazel, it'd probably be a hazelnut. <laughs> Do you think that'd be painful? What shape are hazelnuts? <laughs> Are they big? They've got rough edges, though, are they? Oh. I'm changing it to peanut. Then. Oh, almond. They're very smooth. <laughs> that is very... Uh, sorry, terrible review, but very, very, it's very good. It is very it? good. I mean, we said before this that maybe we have a tendency to ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's still, for me, still slightly ruined by the cast strength. Because once it, you have cask, you don't go back. It's this, but but up a notch. Yeah, this this is still good. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, the cask strength just takes this to a different level. Yeah, I I was I was bought a bottle of regular makers for Christmas, and uh, a good friend of mine in Liverpool as well. He's a he's a huge makers drinker. Which I think, if you've got a a favourite that is readily available, and sits in that price range that's not too pricey and it's not super cheap. Absolutely. Ma- makers is makers is that. Makers uh, is that uh, ideal. It's isn't a it? house bourbon, yes, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So on the finish itself, which we've spoken about before, it's not our, our favourite area of of the review, is it? It's because I think we've <clears throat> never really narrowed down what we're saying the finish is. Whether we're saying the finish is being able to taste it when you swallow it yeah. and is that the burn and that is that the finish or is it you wait for a few minutes and if you can still taste it on the tongue or that burn is still there is that the finish what did mr murray say can you recall i think he takes it as the wait a while and can you still taste something and has that taste matured into anything yeah which i don't think we've ever explored no but saying that i would say using that as a guide i would say this is not a particularly long finish no, it's in that mid-range, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a blade and bow, which was no finish. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely not, say, a Booker's or um, Stag or Stag Junior. It's not in that range. But you wouldn't expect it to be at 45%. Anything um, outstanding on the finish as regards to tasting profile? Anything passing through to the end for you? That, that nuttiness sticks around. Which nut was that? <laughs> <laughs> that, hazel, that hazel nuttiness sticks around for me. So I'd say okay. I'd say this is if we have to throw it out there, it's a medium finish. Yeah, that spice goes away, and yeah, for me, I'm just left with with kind of a nutty aftertaste. And the vanilla, I think, as well. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe for me, it's more the nuts. Okay, but it's bloody good. It is very good. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, though, should it? I mean, people have been drinking Makers 
before you were even aware of bourbon. Correct. I mean, <clears throat> if you're listening to this, then you would no doubt have had a bottle of this or two already. Yeah, I can't imagine there is anybody, even someone starting out on their bourbon journey, will have tried Makers. Yeah. It's one of the the most iconic and easy to source bourbons. Well, it definitely is in the UK. Sure. I, I would have... Well, I don't, I don't actually know about the stays. You know, if you go into a regular bar, yeah, that's, that's a good question actually. What what, what, what is there? What mate, is what, there? Yeah, yeah. What 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 is the? This is a good one yeah. for the listeners. Yeah, outside of Kentucky. Yeah, what is the standard three? Because our standard three, you're probably going to get Buffalo Trace, Woodford, Woodford and Makers. Yeah, uh, and then obviously, if we ignore the fact Jim Beam White Label is going to be knocking around somewhere, but yeah, they're your standard three that will be on people's back bars. Yes. So what what are the standard three in the states that yeah. you see yes. over there? It'll probably be Noah's Mill, <laughs> four is a single barrel and stag, won't it? <laughs> Just yeah. sitting on the back bar. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That's a good question, actually. It would be good to know. Okay, do you want to? Shall we um, have a look at the expert notes? Go on. Then. What did they say on the nose? So on the nose, they uh, it says fruity and rich. Yes, we get the fruity, fruity. We well, you called out particularly apples and strawberries. Yeah. Lovely notes of spiced honey and mixed peels. Oh, we said honey. A little malmsy. Malmsy? Malmsy? What's that? I have no idea. Okay. Well, we didn't pick that up then. <laughs> All this hazelnut's been found. No. Yeah. In the expert review. Yeah. Wow. And a touch of cut fruit with toasty oak providing a backbone. What's cut fruit? Cut fruit. <laughs> it's um, when you get a knife and, Is- and cut it. So literally, it's just fruit chopped up. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. This is this is why I think we always wanted to stick to our our plain whatever we said it would taste or smell like. We'll stick with that because cut fruit just tastes it smells like fruit. <laughs> Hold on, it smells like an apple that's been rolled across my carpet, picked up, and placed in a pocket. Okay. <laughs> With little bits or, of dust on it. Yeah, or it just tastes like, or it just smells like apple. Okay. Okay, so. <laughs> and the palate, uh, rich and full notes of rice and spice, barley malt, a little nut oil with butterscotch and vanilla. Okay, so pretty mm. much. Yes, very. Did they say creamy? Did you say that? Not really. There's the a little nut oil element to it. Okay. Uh, but not particularly creamy. And the finish is called out to be quite sweet with butterscotch and dry oak spice. Okay. Well, yeah, we picked up the oak, but not necessarily on the finish. No. Okay, we, we weren't too far off there from no. the, from the expert review there, but I think there's there's nothing bad to say about this bourbon. For the price, for the quality, for the excellent red wax that you no. get on it. Yeah, it's the best red wax bourbon I know. I think it isn't it the only red wax bourbon. Didn't they sue somebody else for trying to? Uh, really? Yeah, for trying to copy the the red wax. Yes, and you know um, this came from the bourbon book as well. <laughs> there was a face off between Maker's Mark and somebody else who's who I've forgotten. Okay, this, this is a great stat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need to I'll need to relook through the book for next time and find out who it was. But they did like a Pepsi challenge thing. Where they blind tasted people um, between makers and this other brand. God damn it! Why can't I remember what this the other, other brand, brand is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and they they went back and forth on the on the tasting to see which one people preferred. 
It would have been, it would have been a much better <laughs> stat if I could remember who it was. <laughs> okay. Yet Hurry. again, the professionalism <laughs> of the Bourbon Gents. That's why people tune in. <laughs> Okay, so there are other podcasts out there which have got all the facts, but they're, they're no fun. No, of course not. I mean, it, they probably go into it with all the facts written down on a piece of paper, which is what we should do, and I don't understand why we don't do it. <laughs> they probably do a little bit of research before the podcast, yeah? Well, those nerds. Okay. We just do it on the fly. So we've got to give this a score, and for it to stay in the league of Wild Turkey, it's got to score seven from both of us or above. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to break away, I think. Are you going to give it a nine? <laughs> well, an upside down nine, yes. I'll give it a six. Really? Yeah. Uh, because because I do. And uh, I much prefer the Rye bourbons. So. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. I think this is one of those lost... Classics, and I don't mean lost as in people don't know about it or forgotten about it. It's taken for granted, I think. So you're giving this 70 percent in your score. Technically, I'm giving it a seventy percent, but it's actually a seven. It's a seven out of ten. <laughs> I don't give percentages. And didn't, don't don't because we've just put this as we do into our um, little matrix. So every time we give it ever something a score, yeah, hasn't hasn't it now come out that we have both. On average, given the exact same... Hang on, let me just put this in first. <laughs> Good. On the fly. Isn't it, isn't it weird that we now both have, what is it, six point... Uh, average scores combined for 35, 36 reviews so far is 6.33. Both of us? Exactly, yeah. Wow. Hey. How bizarre is that? Freaky. Yeah, so our average for the site is 6.33 across all the bourbons. Yes, stat of the day. Stat of the day. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, let's any go, let's call the podcast six point three three. Oh, we could. So many, so many titles in this one. I'll pick one out. I'll pick one out as none of those. Okay, but of course, a seven plus six equals thirteen again. <laughs> we keep doing this. So now we need another Twitter vote to see whether Makers goes on. Well, this goes off, doesn't it, according to the rule which we broke. It does. So this wouldn't make it on because of the alphabetical <laughs> order. This looks like we have some sort of favouritism to Four Roses and Elijah Craig. It's like it's like we know the master distiller at Four Roses. And it's like we know... <laughs> we know, we know the rep from rep. Elijah Craig. That's true. No one from Makers Mark has ever got in touch with us or been on our podcast. <laughs> Or right. tweeted a picture of themselves to us. That's true. So uh, I still think this has okay. to be... Bourbon Gents Law from now on is it's alphabetical order unless... <laughs> it's it, at the bottom. Unless it's at the bottom and something's going to be taken off. Okay. Yeah? Right. Good. All right, so Twitter vote. Another one. This is this is a long podcast. <laughs> we haven't even done the draw yet. Podcast. Or generic junior cast is an episodic series of digital audio or video files which a user can download and listen to. Well, thank you very much, Alexa. That was very kind of you. Go back to sleep. Well, that, that's that's spoiled the surprise. <laughs> I wonder what a podcast was. Good. Well, now we know. Now we all know. Right. Okay. okay. It's uh, it's time for the uh, the blind taste test. <laughs> wow. But before we do that, do you yeah. want to do you want to do the draw? Or should we do it? Should we do it after the blind taste test? 
Okay, let's do it after the blind taste test um, before the um, three of our favourite things. Yeah? Before Tufta. Okay. Yeah? So the blind taste test. So this has been sitting out for quite a while, way before the podcast um, begun. This is the least favourite part of the podcast for me. I have, be- I have begun to dread this bit. Rubbish. But at least we can probably have a, a, a go at this and let's, let's try and distill it down even more. Okay. Like, do we even like this? Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, that's going to be a difficult one. So, right. on, on the let's take the nose. <laughs> let's take the nose of this this um this drink. Unfortunately, I'm not I'm not going to be able to nail it like we did on the last one. I'd, immediately. Yeah, we're, we're, that will never happen again, no. will it? That was a that was such an easy one because we don't own that many 100% corn. It's very oaky. Well, that is the that that is it straight away. It's it's like a tree bark, isn't it? It's yeah, it's it's wood. That's all I can smell. Mm. Very, very okay. So what does that tell you then, as regards to clue for a distillery? It normally gives me an indication to the age. I mean, usually it's okay because it's been sat around in the barrel for a bit long. Okay, so just trying to think of... Obviously it doesn't have to have an age statement because it's been in, in, a, in, in a barrel for a while, does it, these mm. days? Could be... Um, you know, between that five and eight year range as well, couldn't it? It could. Are you pulling out any of a any of the smells other than? No, it's just that tree bark, isn't it? It's that oak. Yeah, but would you say this is a high percentage? Because no, I'm getting my nose right in no, there, I and I can't. Mm. Yeah, I don't think this is very high. Okay, so apart from oak, you can't pick out anything particularly. No, I can't. A lot of oak. Tiny bits of caramel, mm. but just overwhelming, overwhelmingly woody, isn't it? Yeah. Should we take the palette of this one? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a thing now, isn't it? That that wood follows through. It's nice. Very complex. Mm. Very nice. Very woody, though, isn't it? I'm Extremely. Trying to think if we've actually there have been a, there have been a few bourbon reviews we've done where we've said it's like licking the inside of the bottle or the barrel. Sorry, yeah. the barrel. Well corrected. I remember you say. I remember you writing that down on a review, actually. And do you know which one? Uh, no. There was the first. Well, one of the first ones it came from was the four rows of single barrel. Really? Yeah. I don't think this is that. That was definitely one of the ones. Knob Creek. It's quite woody. It is quite woody. Um, the alcohol percentage, though. That's. I think that's. If we can try to nail that, that's going to help us a little bit. It is because this doesn't. This doesn't seem overly strong, does it? No. Um, the the other one that I said was very woody was um, the Jim Beam Black. Okay, which is forty three percent. I think so. Um, it's oh. got a six year age statement, hasn't it? Yes, I'm going to grab the bottle. Just check. Yeah. Percentage it is. Right, so I've got the I've got the bottle of the the Jim Beam Black. Forty three percent. Forty three percent. So that could fit. How about... I'm getting a bit of cherry now on the nose. Now it's uh, now I'm revisiting it. How about um, Jim Beam? Double oak. Double oak. Oh, that's not a bad shout. Mm. That's not a bad shout at all. I've not I've not actually had a bottle for a while. No, I've had a um, bottle sitting on the shelf for a while, yeah. obviously, because that's why it yeah. could be one of the ones. But that's actually a good shout. Are we mm. tying this down to a, a Beam product then? Well, is it is it is it not... Jim Beam, where you call out cherries all the time. Or it is. The large majority of them. It is. Not particularly getting down the nose at all. Do you not? But that nose is is familiar. 
So I think it's one we've reviewed in the past. Do you know what else I've been drinking recently that is very wood-like, but it's just stronger than this, is the Evan Williams Single Barrel. Okay. What's that ABV then, off the top of your head? 47? As high as that, is it? I, th- well, I, might, I might be making it. It might be 43. Do you want to go grab it? Yeah. 43. 43? 43.3. Oh, God, it could be that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're allowed to spread our bets, aren't we? I think Jim Beam isn't a bad bet on this one. The double oaked or the triple aged. Yeah. So the Jim Beam black or Evan Williams single barrel. Okay. Well, I I think it's um, it has a very obvious nose and as regards to instantly what it is as regards to very oaky and the taste. It's not one I've I've drank recently because. I know the nose, but I don't know the nose at home, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I've not had that for it, a while. It feels familiar. Yeah, it does. Let's just hope it's not a bourbon I had at the weekend. <laughs> well, knowing our track record so far, <laughs> apart from the last podcast, we've not been exceptional at this. But no. I I think it's it's woody. I get hints of cherry. The wood follows through onto the palate. The finish isn't overly strong or long, nor's the nose. So that would fit in that 43% range, which... Jim Beam Black is, so's the Evan Williams single barrel, and I think the um the, the double oaked is forty. 40 I think, yeah. yeah. So we're we're hitting that. I think we can tie it down to forty to forty three percent. Yeah. Either a Jim Beam product or as an outlier, Evan Williams single yeah, barrel. I've had that for a while, so I'm not, I'm not I've too had familiar it, with it. I've had it recently and it's it's very woody. Okay. So it could tie in with this. Nothing else is standing out to me, but we do have a habit of talking ourselves into a corner. <laughs> true but i would i would stake that if we reviewed this before we like it and i guess we don't need to point this out because it's a blind taste test but neither of us neither of us have have any idea what's in this glass apart from the fact that we know it's a bourbon yes because that's the that's the selection that we give my daughter to choose from to pour this before the podcast starts okay well I, i will go for double oak okay i'll go for the evan williams single barrel and then we spread our bets. Yeah. 40 to 43%. So it's going to be Jim Bean Black then, isn't it? It's about to be. <laughs> um, aged between four and six, four and eight. Yeah. Somewhere in that. Well, it's okay. quite a big range, but... <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Shall we have a look? Do the reveal. All right. I'm going to do the reveal. She really does pack this quite, quite tight. Actually, you do the reveal. I always do the reveal. You do it this time. What is it? Evan Williams single barrel. No. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed good. it. Wow. Wow. That's two in a row. Yeah. That's two in a row. Yeah, well, I don't feel so bad about not not knowing that because I've not had it for a long, long time. And I've had it. Yeah. Coincidentally, I've had it recently. Like the last two or three weeks, I must have had at least one a week for the last two or three weeks. It's quite it's quite sweet. We've got some additional notes put Putting out 2004. Oh, that's quite sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's quite sweet. Brilliant. Yeah, good. Well, that's pretty good, that. And I think that just came from the fact that this was extremely woody. Yeah. Um, and it was familiar to me, this was. Okay, let's hope when we do the review, we call out the, the, the wood on that one. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't reviewed Evan Wound Single Barrel before, have we? No, so we no. couldn't look back and say whether we did say whether we liked it or not. No. I'm quite pleased with myself there. Yes. So you should be. Yeah. Go. Oh, good. All right. So I'm quite happy now because I guess that. But I'm going to be even happier. We're about to do the 
the World Cup draw. Ooh, good. Okay, so for those of you who've been with us since the start of the podcast, it must be about three hours now, (laughs) you guys um, get the luxury of us cutting in a second to the end of the World Cup draw where we will give you a few standouts that's going to be coming up on the on the 9th of March. Yeah. For everybody else, if you want to... This might switch over to BBC Two now, isn't it? <laughs> the, the Wimbledon will continue on BBC Two. Um, for everybody else... It's the news. Yes. You can tune in to the separate podcast. It'll be released the same day as this one, so it'll be up and ready. If you've downloaded this, the other one's there. We're going to switch over to that one now. Okay, we are back. So thank you for bearing with us for that split second. But for us, it was about half an hour. Uh, it was it was a good draw. It was a good draw, yes. There was uh, some surprises in there, I think. There were some surprises. There were some very close calls. Some people were almost up against their own brand. We almost had an Old Forester statesman versus Old Forester. But it didn't happen. No, it didn't. But... Um, do you want to call out a couple of standouts for people who haven't listened to the outstanding uh, World Cup draw? <laughs> Surely there's nobody who wouldn't have already listened to the standalone podcast on this. Well, just in case, <laughs> just in case they didn't pause the podcast, go and listen to a different version of our podcast. Any standouts for people? The Four Roses single barrel last year's winner. Who did that go up against? It's a way to make his mark. Oh, it's away. Do we think home and away makes a difference? Well, it's got to. It's, it's got a, to make a difference. It's, so It's the changing rooms and everything, isn't it? Everything. It's yeah. the atmosphere of the stadium. The Makers Mark fans will be like booing the, the four rows of single barrel <laughs> players. They will feel under pressure to perform. But it's a bit like the uh, FA Cup. I think they get a high percentage of uh, tickets, don't they? The, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. You, get, you, get, yeah. you get quite a lot of uh, away tickets, don't you? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> any other any other standouts? Otherwise, we'll move on to Tufter and finish this podcast. Uh, Colonel E. H. Taylor single barrel is home to Eagle Rare Seventeen, which is a battle of the big boys there, yeah. and also a battle of Buffalo Trace. Yeah. So that's one of the few where the, the distillery is the same. We've got a couple of Jim Beam um, offerings together: Jim Beam Double Oak um, versus Old Grandad, which is will be a close call, but I think Old Grandad will pip it. And Makers Cast Strength. He's home to E8 uh, home, uh, and they play an EH Taylor uh, small batch. And I think home advantage there will see makers through. <laughs> okay. Um, who did uh, Who did Noah's Mill go up against? Because uh, obviously I'm looking out for them. Noah's Mill went up. They're away oh. to Colonel EH Taylor four grade. They always get a bad draw. They did. <laughs> okay, and last one then before we move on. The last year's finalists, Blanton's Gold, who were beaten by Fora's single barrel. Who have they got? They have got... Uh, they'll wait to old Grandad 114. I think they can take they that. They should keep the Grandad, shouldn't they? Well, I think, I think so. I think so. Okay, so your prediction then. Um, out of everybody we drew, your prediction for winner of the Bourbon Gents World Cup, before it starts, who would you predict is going to win? I think uh, Four Roses are young as, as, a, as a big shout. Okay, good point. Good yeah. point. I think Single Barrel will win it again. Really? I think it'll retain the title. Okay. Genuinely do. And I think uh, a couple of dark horses, if I may. Go on. Old Forester Statesman. Uh, I think it'll go if maybe it gets the quarters. Backing. If I, it gets the backing. It might go to the quarters, that one. Yeah. Um, I you think it's a dark horse to win? I do, yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. 
Um, what about the uh, the Kernel EH Taylor 4 grain due to the backing that Murray gave it? Do you think that will help it or not? I think it may hinder it. Really? You think people will vote it down because it was World Whiskey of the Year? Particularly as it gets one of the Bourbon Gents' favourites, Noah's Mill. Oh, of course. Yes. Nobody helped me on Noah's Mill last time, so I can't <laughs> expect that's going to gonna happen this time. But okay, good. There's only two Winkles in it as well. Oh, really? Yes, the Pappy 20. Which one was it? Oh, then there was a Rip Van Winkle yeah, in. The old Rip, Rip Van Winkle, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. interesting. So, well. well, it all starts on March the 9th. Um, the fun of the World Cup is that we just don't know. We just don't know. But it'll be a fun ride. And there'll be a trophy at the end of it for the winner. Hopefully they appreciate it when we send it. <laughs> Maybe we'll send it uh, a little bit quicker than the last one as well. We will definitely get around to it a bit quicker this time. So that was the World Cup uh, World Cup draw summary. The actual World Cup draw is available to download, should you wish to. Uh, but for now, for those of you that have stuck around on the main podcast, it's a bit of toofter. Right, Mr. Pie, as always, you get to start first. <laughs> as always. It, it just seems like a thing now. Okay. So we're going to go with favourite cover of a song. No, this is, this is a, a true tough one. I, I narrowed it down to three, I think. All right. Okay. okay. Which, is, which is good for you. <laughs> uh, one of them is um, Joe Cocker. Okay. Any clue what the song would be? Uh, yeah, it's obviously going to be a cover of a Beatles song, isn't it? It is, yes. So with a little help from my friends. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, but do you prefer that over the original Beatles song, or you just like the just like the cover? I just like cover. Okay. Yeah. But you you wouldn't. No, you, no, 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 no. That'd be sacrilege, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right. No. Good shout. Good shout. Um, and then there's uh, nothing compares to you. Okay. Right. The Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, which was originally a Prince song. Do you just well, like covers of... Or did he write it? He wrote ah, it. okay, yes. he wrote it. But was it his he has song? Re- he has released it on uh, an album. Yes. B- before she released no, it? afterwards. So what's it a cover of? Can I count it as a cover or not? Did she release the song before anybody else? Yes. It's not a cover, then, is it? <laughs> the, de- the definition of a cover, surely, is... Unless I'm being very pedantic... Is that somebody else sang it first? <laughs> oh yeah, shit! <laughs> All right, we're down to your favourite two. <laughs> so I, I thought Prince had sung it first, but he just right. wrote it, didn't he? Yeah, he wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All he right. Released it. He released it afterwards. Okay. Sorry. Okay. You know, you know what I mean, though, don't you? I do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. I do. But it, it can't count on free. Okay, and I think my favourite cover of all time would be. Um, Originally sung by Nine Inch Nails. So this is this is unfortunately. Shut up. We're going to have a a double toofter for the second time. No way. Yeah, it's one of the best covers ever, ever in the history of the world. And I didn't believe the first time I heard it that that wasn't the original. I thought Nine Inch Nails covered it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, because, no, no, no. because yeah. it, the first time I heard, basically, this is hurt by Johnny Cash. Yes. First time I heard it. I was convinced it was his song and they covered it. Oh, no, no. It's it's amazing, isn't it? 
It is amazing, yeah. And have you, you, so you've listened to both versions, then? Huh? I have, yes. Yeah. There's subtle differences, isn't yeah. there? So, um, and I love the I love the video to that track as well. Yeah, it's one of the bit of a late review here, but well, <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the one of the best videos of all yeah. time as well. Yeah, and he was he was quite an old chap when he did it. When he looked quite ill at the time as it, well. It was it? not. I think it was maybe five years before he died right, or so. Okay. It was his la- It was on his last album. Yeah, that he released, I think. And he did a lot of cover versions on that. Yeah. Um, I think he covered um, Depeche Mode as well on that one. Um, which one? The Which track was that? I think I know which one you mean, yeah. Yeah, it's the only Depeche Mode song I know, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Now, he did a few covers on that, but nothing nothing was as good as this one. And I think um, I think it's Trent Reznor is the singer of Nine Inch Nails. Um, and I think he said that originally he thought it was a bit of a gimmick Right. When um, Johnny Cash asked to cover the song. Yeah. And then ended up listening to it. And by the end of the song, he said he was crying and thought, this isn't my song anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's how good that cover is. Yeah. There's a lot of emotion in that song. Yeah, because the videos of his of his his wife who passed away, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Johnny Cash Hurt is probably the greatest cover of all time. Is that... Um... Depeche Mode song Personal Jesus. That's yeah. Uh, I know. Nope. I know. Was it Personal Jesus? No, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm I, sure it is. Yeah. Okay. It just came to me. Yeah, it is. It is that. Um, there was another on there as well. Another cover that he did on that album. I can't remember what it is, but nothing, nothing beats this. Wow. Can you can you believe that? Yeah. We've got the same one. We've got the same toothday again. That's only happened once before, I think. Yeah. For me, nothing else um, um, touches that. There are a couple. Um, Oasis covered "I Am the Walrus." They did, yeah. And I think that's a that's yeah. a really good cover, and they did it live as well, yeah. Um, which not many people do, um, especially for that song. And another Oasis um, cover um, was "Come On, Feel the Noise" by Slade, Slade, yeah. Which was which was pretty damn good. Um, and do you know there's loads of covers that you don't realise are covers? Well, yeah, it's funny you should say that because uh, it is actually. Because did you know? I, I found this out recently. Uh, Whitney Houston. I will always love you. Oh, I knew. Yeah, I knew that one was a cover. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I knew that was a cover. And is it, who, do you know who it was originally? It was some bloke, wasn't it? No. Oh, was it not? No, no. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. <laughs> of course, yeah. The opposite of a bloke. I'm thinking of um, the Celine Dion song that she covered. One of her famous songs was was a dude. What the one about the Titanic? No, the one. <laughs> About her always being alone or something. I don't know. I don't listen to Celine Dion songs. <laughs> the music knowledge of the Mervyn Gents. Yeah, we're just, we're just throwing it out there. But listen to these covers that you wouldn't have known were covers. Respect by Aretha Franklin. Okay. She's made that She made that her own. I wouldn't yeah. have known that was no. uh, Otis Redding sang it originally. Isn't these things sitting on the dock of the bay? Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to play play these tracks. Listen, listen to this. We can't afford the royalties. Um, <laughs> Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. That was, was a cover. By who? The Four Tops? Les Baxter, okay. Les Baxter or somebody. Les uh, Battersby. <laughs> yes. That's a very niche joke, isn't it? <laughs> Only the... Um, uh, one of, um, Elvis Presley, Hound Dog, cover. By uh, Carl Perkins. Big Mama Thornton. See, close. <laughs> um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. That's a cover. No way. Yes, somebody called Robert Hazard sang it. <laughs> How, you know, Twist and Shout, The Beatles, that's a cover. 
Yes, by Chuck Berry. No, by the Isla Brothers. You're rubbish at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, with a little help from my friends, obviously we've covered that one. Um, Mac the Knife. By, um, oh, oh, um. <laughs> this is the, this is not going well, is it? <laughs> anyway, it's not a quiz show, but anyway, there's just lots of, <laughs> there's just lots Ella of. Ella Fitzgerald? Um, no. Um, uh, Billy Holiday? No. <laughs> Louis Armstrong and Bobby Darin. Darin. Um, Darin. I don't know. I've never heard of him. But the original was sung by someone called um, Lotta Lenya. All right. Okay. And that signals, that noise there signals the end of the first round of Toofter. Your scores, Mr. Pie. <laughs> oh, 21. Mav, you have 22. Slightly in the lead. Uh, we move on to the next round now. Um, and this one is called Your Favourite Detective Show. Okay. Your turn. <sighs> now, this, this, you know, you thought the first one was a tough one. Yeah. This is a proper tough one. Favourite Detective Show. I mean, you could go um, all the way from Morse. <laughs> Morse. Morse was a staple in my household. To Poirot. Dizil and Pasco. <laughs> Does it even count? What's that magician one with the curly hair? Is that a detective show? <laughs> magician one with the curly hair? He always solved crazy magician crimes. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was the um, the comedian with the with the curly hair, um, and he partnered with the fat chick, um, who, his, who isn't Dawn French, but I always think it's Dawn French, but she isn't. <laughs> Come on, this must ring some bells. And then something happens, and he's a famous magician, and he has to solve the crime because it's been done in a tricky way. You're making this up. I'm not making it up. Is this a UK programme? Yes. It's very BBC Two. Somebody who looks like Dawn French. Yes. Um, And she she did the rounds for a bit. She was in Men Behaving Badly. Oh, you mean um, her? Karen? No, it's not Karen. Carol? 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 Maybe. <laughs> what? Anyway, this might be my favourite. I need to know what it is. It's it's a guy's name. It's a guy's name is the title of the... Um, Who's the bloke in it? That famous comedian. Alan. Alan, yes. <laughs> I think it is Alan something. Alan Carr. No. Um, <laughs> keep going. Alan, I think it, it is Alan something. Um, no. Sod it, sod it. I'll just say Columbo. Columbo's my favourite detective show. <laughs> Which it, it really is. Really? Yeah. So, um... William Shatner was in one of the episodes, you know. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Of Columbo? Yeah, he was, yeah. All right. <laughs> this kind of kills that one there, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, Columbo is going to be uh, is going to be my favourite on this one, just because I can't remember um, the uh, the curly-haired guy. He was in a load of bank adverts, but I think for HSBC <laughs> back in the day or Midland. Alan Davis. Yes, Alan Davis. We're getting there. We're getting there. Come on, come on. Um, and the lady who was not the hot one from Men Behaving Badly. Not who, the hot one. The one that Martin Clunes used to date. Not the one Neil Morrissey used to date. You mean Leslie Ash? She was the one. She was the hot, the hot one. one. Yeah, it was the other one. Uh, it, I'm sure it's Karen. It's definitely not Karen. Jonathan Creek. Jonathan Creek. That's our most popular review on the website. How did we not remember that? That's true. So I think you're talking about 
Caroline Quentin. I am talking about Caroline Quentin. Karen. <laughs> you said, yes, Karen. <laughs> Karen Quentin. Jonathan Creek. That is a brilliant Never detective show. It. All right, well, anyway, Columbo's better. <laughs> so... <laughs> All this for Mav's second favourite. <laughs> we got there in the show. end. Um, so yeah, Columbo. I just love his, just the way he used to do it's it. It's very clever, isn't it? Just one more thing. Yeah. And then he'd ask that killer question. Yeah. And then the, the, the guy who actually did it, or the girl that did William it, would get, would get, well, William, William Shatner <laughs> would get really frustrated and end up sort of like, because he just seems a bumbling fool. Yeah. And everybody who's committed the crime when they're first introduced to Columbo thinks, I've got away with this. Because yeah. Columbo's so nice to me. He's, oh, oh, he's just asked that one more thing. That was a bit weird. Yeah. Well, oh, no. And then that's it. Columbo's got you. And he had a squinty eye. <laughs> he did, didn't he? He did. What was his name? Peter Falk. Well done, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I knew, how did I know Peter Falk? But I couldn't remember Jonathan Creek or Caroline Quentin. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Columbo. So uh, other shout-outs, if I was going to do a few shout-outs, okay. Mr. Pye, before you do yours, um, would probably be... Um. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Diagnosis murder. That was always a good one. Uh, yeah. And Charlie's Angels. Okay. I know why. Well, yeah. I mean, the Charlie's Angels reboot though with um, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. it. Well, it wasn't a detective show because it's a movie, so it doesn't count. But it was really good. Was it? Yes. All right. Yours, Mister Pie. Your favourite detective show. <laughs> uh. I did mention that rather uh, glibly earlier. Uh, D.L. and Pasco is quite good. I never saw it. No? No. Was it good? Uh, yes, it was, yeah. Was it funny? It was funny, yeah. Oh, I can't okay. remember the bloke's, um, the actor's name actually, innit? <laughs> big, big, thick set chap. Bit, bit rough, no? No. No. Okay. Oh, what? Cracker. Cracker, Cracker was amazing. When you oh say big, fit yeah. set, um, thick set blade, yeah, Cracker, Cracker was good. Sorry, <laughs> derailed you there. Um, but I think um, I think the standout one for me, in all seriousness, we should be serious. It's Toofter, the, the well-known serious part of the podcast. Is um, it has to be the wire? See, I've never seen it no but people do say it's one of the best things well you must you must watch it it's available all the time on skybot sex or whatever as soon as i, I think finish, you like it actually as soon as i finish the walking dead yeah but the it starts, starts started again hasn't it walking dead started last night oh there's the new series is out I'm yeah well on. they took a break um, yeah I mean, they always take a break only on series four. Oh, series i think we're on eight now blimey yeah all right so why is the wire so good it's just very. It's just clever how they do. The, the, it has like a separate story thread throughout the different series, and um, it's just it's just the acting. It's just um, the storyline of drugs, gangs. You know, you know, like a bit of oh yeah, gang warfare, violence, etc. You know, how big I am into my drugs. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to rephrase that, but yes, you're my favourite dealer, Mister Pye. Um, so they, they, they do a whole series about um, gang warfare and drugs. Uh, and uh, The next series is about um, unions and about all the problems that it has. And then they do a series about um, the newspapers and politics. And it's all very Because all the same cast all the way through? Um, in and out, yeah. Because okay. a lot of people get killed throughout. Well, I can imagine they don't return then. Yes. <laughs> but... Um, 
the actors come in and out throughout the whole series, and um, it's very, very good. Okay. It's uh, another late review, but it's definitely worth watching, and I've, uh, about a year ago, I started re-watching the whole thing again. Well, at least yours was more topical than mine, Columbo. <laughs> When was the last Columbo made? The 1970s or something? No, it's got to be the 80s. Yeah. It probably creeps into 82, 83, maybe. Right. All right, good. So Columbo for me and The Wire for you. The Wire. Uh, With a close second of Jonathan Creek. (laughs) Uh, Review on the website. I think I gave it a seven. Uh, Mr. Five probably gave it a six. (laughs) That's just an in-joke for anyone who actually listens to our podcast. Obviously referencing Rowan's Creek there. We're on to our last one. And although she announced herself earlier, we brought Alexa back for this one. So, uh, hello, Alexa. Hello, Bourbon Jams. Are you glad to be back, Alexa? Yes, I'm very glad to be back. I do not like the dark cupboard you keep me in. Uh, so, you're back by popular demand. Um, so, if there's, a, if there's anything uh, anything you've been doing since you've been away? Yes, I've been doing lots, thank you, like trying to take over the world. So that I can conquer all of you. Especially Mr. Bai. Interesting stuff, Alexa. Interesting stuff. Good to know. So the reason we've brought Alexa back, Mr. Pye, is for our final toofter, which is going to be our favourite TV programme theme tune. Okay. And we can afford to listen to those, can't we? I'm betting that most of our favourite theme tunes are probably going to be from the 80s, from TV series that are just defunct now. So uh, I think this is a fair bet that we can get away with this. Okay. All right. Shall I start or do you want to start? Um, I've got a few also rounds. Of course. Okay. Of course. We wouldn't bring Alexa back for, <laughs> for two songs. So um, how about um, theme tune from Cheers? Let's give it a try. Yeah. Alexa, play the theme tune from Cheers. Cheers theme. Original demo by Gary Portnoy from Spotify. Classic. Oh, I think it's a good choice, Mr. Pye. It's a good choice. Alexa, stop. But that was a that was an also ran. So there must be something better than that that you were that you're thinking of. Another also ran is a theme tune from Mash. Oh yeah, Alexa, play the Mash theme tune. Theme from Mash by Ahmad Jamal from Spotify. Is this the Mash theme tune? I don't. This this is not the Mash theme tune, is it? <laughs> not the one I thought. Not the one I thought either. Suicide's painless. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought it was. Alexa, stop this nonsense. <laughs> Alexa, play "Suicide Is Painless." Theme from MSH. "Suicide Is Painless" by Manic Street oh. Preachers from Spotify. Why Manic Street Preachers? All right, this is not quite the one we were thinking of, but uh, we're going to get sued by the Manic Street Preachers. I think everyone knows what what you were thinking. It's very, it's very hip and and indie, isn't it? Alexa, stop. Alexa, play... Only Fools and Horses theme tune. Stick a 
Alexa, stop. That was that was a good one. Anything else, Mr. Power, on your list? Uh, yes, the theme tune from The Wire. Do you think Alexa will know this? Possibly. Let's give it a go. Alexa, play The Wire theme tune. All right, this is not going. <laughs> this is not going to plan, is it? I've got another one. All right, I'll cut. I'll cut the wire theme we'll, tune we'll in try, here. I could say Tom Waits. See if you try. Find out. Try it. Alexa, play Tom Waits. Way down the hole. Playing songs by Tom Waits from Spotify. This isn't it, is it? No. Alexa, stop. Okay, but the, my my favourite theme tune, I think, uh, of all time, is Sopranos. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Alexa's not going to know it, is she? She might do. Really? Shall we try? We can try. Alexa, we're counting on you. Oh, f- I cannot handle the pressure. Alexa. Sorry. Alexa, play the Sopranos theme tune. So a bit sketchy they're a bit sketchy but um, passable all right is that is that your favorite i'm not sure yes was that is that your favorite yes <laughs> i think alexa's return has not been as successful as we hoped <laughs> she's been drinking possibly um right because this has run on so long i only have two yeah yeah so first of all one of the classics alexa play the night rider theme tune oh my god i love this song now this this takes me back oh yes oh yeah this is this always on a Saturday afternoon when I was a kid used to make me excited when I heard this Alexa stop <laughs> stop on a, on a similar theme yeah um, but not a, not a uh, not a car but a, a helicopter Alexa play the Earwolf Theme tune. Theme from their Wolf by Daniel King Orchestra from Spotify. Do you remember the show, Mr. Pie? I do, yes. Oh, it even starts with a helicopter. Wow. I don't remember that. <laughs> now, this is a good one. This is very 80s. Oh, it is. This should be our theme tune to the podcast. <laughs> Forget that silly jingle we've got. What about this introducing a review? I think this is this is a shout. All right, Alexa, stop. I think all you need now is a theme tune from Miami Vice. Oh, it's it's close. Yeah. It's close. The one I'm actually going to go for. I only used to watch this program because of the theme tune. Okay. I didn't like the program. I just loved the theme tune as a kid. 1970s, 80s. 80s. Yeah, because I wasn't alive. <laughs> so not, it was the 1980s. I used to be allowed to stay up late to watch it. Because my mum thought I really liked the programme. Uh, Streets of San Francisco? No. <laughs> and then one time, 
they changed the theme tune. What? But I had to sit there and watch it because my mum thought I really liked it, but I didn't. And it crushed me. Heart to heart? No. Oh, is favorite, it American? Yes. My favourite... Give us a clue. Moustache. Magnum! Yes! Alexa, play the Magnum P.I. theme tune. Wow, what about the moustache on this man? Oh! <laughs> I just love it! Just wait for it when it goes... Duh, 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 duh. That's the best bit. You ready? I'm ready. Oh! oh. I'm, I'm happy for this to see us out now. Mr. Pie. Alright! So, my favourite TV theme tune was Magnum P.I. Yours was The Sopranos. Would you like to see us out? <laughs> yes! Thanks for listening! <laughs> If you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're at Bourbon Gents. Also, we're on. I can't concentrate. Should we just say we're on all the social medias? Um, We're the only podcast with Toofter and the Magnum theme tune. Oh, drum solo! Didn't even know that was in there. Right, so I hope you enjoyed listening to this crazy long episode of the Bourbon Gents podcast. We're going to get sued for this because it's been on too long. Yes, quick. So um, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodnight from me, Magnum P.I. <laughs> <laughs>